Welcome to the Monocle Podcast. We are an independent management consulting firm, and in this podcast, we discuss our latest insights and opinions to help you achieve exceptional performance in banking and insurance together. On the 4th of April 2022, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the United Nations Scientific Research Body, released its Mitigation of Climate Change paper. The IPCC points to a world on the edge, announcing that climate action is at a crossroads. Without the scaling up and wider acceptance of sustainable policies, regulation and market instruments, the 1.5 degree temperature increase limit agreed to at the Paris Climate Accords in 2015 will be exceeded. I'm Guy Wilding, Monocle's Research Manager, and this is the Monocle Podcast. And what's very clear, uh, public money can't do it by itself. I mean, developed country governments have not met their $100 billion uh, a year goal, but the money that is needed is actually in the trillions. It's not, 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 not a matter of billions. So we need to get private sector money going as well. That's Jim Ski, co-chair of the Working Group 3 at the IPCC press conference as they present their mitigation of climate change paper. Part of the problem, as mentioned by Ski, stems from an insufficient response from the global financial industry which dictates the flow of funding, insurance and investment around the world. Worryingly, the IPCC found that the financial flows towards sustainable finance are three to six times lower than the levels required to limit warming to below two degrees. This raises the question, what are financial institutions expected to do and importantly disclose as climate change and the resulting risks become imperatives for governments around the world? In this edition of the Monocle Podcast, we explore how climate change is set to impact the financial industry, including the rapid development of climate risk disclosure, and how the issue of data will affect firms when reporting their climate risks, targets, and crucially, their greenhouse gas emission contributions. The most significant milestone towards combating climate change was the signing of the Climate Accords in Paris in 2015 by over 190 countries. You might remember the agreement as the one that Donald Trump withdrew the United States from in 2019, but that Joe Biden eventually reversed. The legally binding treaty establishes climate targets to each of the signatory countries with the ultimate goal of reaching net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050 and limiting global temperature increases to a maximum of 2 degrees. This has led to an increased awareness and pressure from governments, regulators and investors over the past few years for financial institutions to take responsibility for the impact the operations have on the Earth's climate, as well as prepare for the risks that climate change presents to their operations. These risks are divided into two types, physical and transition risks, and are said to become as important as your traditional risk types including credit, liquidity and market risk. Firstly, physical risk relates to increasingly extreme and prolonged climate events and the resulting economic impact. The acute heatwave in Pakistan, flooding in KwaZulu-Natal, South Africa, as well as the extreme wildfires in Australia last year are similar examples of intensifying physical risks. Secondly, there is transition risks, which account for the economic impact of transitioning from climate-intensive activities to green alternatives. One risk is that of carbon taxes from governments. These taxes will ultimately penalize and disrupt economies and companies if they continue to rely on certain carbon-intensive industries and business models. There is a trade-off between the two risks. The less we commit to the transition, the more likely we'll face more severe climate events in the future. 
However, the alternative and more favorable approach is for economies to commit to the transition, face the initial reduction in GDP to begin with, but mitigate climate risk in the long term. So what does this mean for the global financial industry? Currently, climate-related financial risk management is still in its infancy, but financial institutions are beginning to seriously consider how they best identify, measure, manage, and disclose their climate-related financial risks. This comes with a plethora of complexity and uncertainty, particularly on the policy side with many countries yet to enforce prescriptive climate regulation. This has led to a lack of standardization in the climate-related risk space. Thankfully, that's where the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosure comes in. Take a listen to Mark Carney, former governor of the Bank of England and United Nations Special Envoy on Climate Action and Finance at the COP26 Climate Conference in Glasgow last year, as he highlights the task force's importance for the global financial system. And that's why our goal for COP26 was to build a financial system in which every decision takes climate change into account. This means mandatory climate disclosure based on the TCFD so that financial institutions have the climate information they need to manage risks and to seize opportunities. The task force set up by the Financial Stability Board back in 2015 developed cross-industry recommendations for climate-related disclosure with the aim of promoting more informed investment, credit and insurance underwriting decisions. With recommendations relating to disclosure of companies' climate strategy, their governance, their risk management, as well as their reporting, the TCFD standards have become the foundation for various climate policy, including the European Central Bank's Pillar 3 ESG disclosure. The recommendations have gained so much momentum that governments, including those of the United Kingdom, the European Union, Brazil, Hong Kong, and various others, are set to introduce mandatory TCFD-aligned reporting requirements over the next few years. As of 2021, there are over $194 trillion worth of financial company assets under the coverage of TCFD reporting. By participating in TCFD disclosure, companies will be required to share how they are solving for various climate risk capabilities, including board oversight, management roles, the impact on business and financial strategy, stress testing, and of course, reporting of climate targets and their contribution to climate change. These metrics and targets should provide insights to the general public and investors as well as regulators into how financial organizations are committing themselves to sustainable business models. In addition, they show how exposed financial institutions remain to climate-related financial risks, both physical and transition that we mentioned before. And that's where significant complexity lies. According to the TCFD recommendations, firms should report their contribution to greenhouse gas emissions which has never been a requirement for the financial sector in the past. Greenhouse gas emissions such as carbon dioxide, methane, and various others that contribute to the warming of the planet are categorized into three classes or scopes that will need to be reported. Scope 1 are your direct emissions that occur from sources owned or controlled by the reporting company. Think of the methane released by livestock or from fracking activities, or in the financial world, the emissions released by generators during load shedding. Scope 2 are indirect emissions that are generated from the production of electricity that is purchased by the organization. This would include the electricity used to power the servers and systems that make up our global financial infrastructure. And scope 3 are all other indirect emissions that occur in the value chain of the company. This includes the transportation of goods, employee commuting, downstream processing of sold products, and importantly for financial organizations, financed emissions or emissions linked to their investments. 
The TCFD believes that reporting finance emissions will reveal an organization's complete exposure to climate-related risks and opportunities. And this is where many financial organizations will get an accurate idea of how sustainable their balance sheets really are. Financial institutions, by their nature, generate a small amount of emissions due to the digital nature of their products and services offered. While financial services are supported by complex IT infrastructure that require a constant supply of electricity, the operations are primarily driven by the services of accountants, traders, bankers, system developers, and a host of other finance professionals. The true impact that financial services have on the climate is through the emissions produced by the assets, projects, and economic activities that they fund, insure, and invest in. The CDP, a non-profit organization that supports environmental disclosure, reported that financed emissions could be as high as 700 times that of Scope 1 and Scope 2 emissions currently reported by financial institutions. With such a massive difference, the TCFD has recommended that financial institutions adopt the greenhouse gas accounting and reporting standards. The standard, published by the Partnership for Carbon Accounting Financials, or the PCAF, is similar to financial accounting standards that we see in everyday business and aims to provide standardized approaches to recognize, measure, present, and disclose finance emissions with the ultimate goal of creating robust, transparent, and comparable results. The standard provides methodologies for calculating emissions across six asset classes, listed equity and corporate bonds, business loans and unlisted equity, project finance, motor vehicle loans, commercial real estate, and lastly, mortgages. Each asset class has its own methodology, exceptions and limitations, but they generally follow a very similar calculation. Financed emissions equals the emissions produced by the asset class, so that's their scope 1 and 2 emissions, multiplied by an attribution factor. The factor is a percentage share the firm is liable to report, and it's a proportional share of their lending or investment in relation to the overall value of the company, project or loan. Take for example a general loan or line of credit provided by a bank to a fossil fuel powered energy provider like ESCOM for the amount of 1 billion rand. With ESCOM's enterprise value sitting at around 615 billion rand, the bank would only be responsible to report around 0.16% of ESCOM's emissions, less than 1%. However, ESCOM being South Africa's main energy provider through carbon intensive coal burning has reported to emitting 206 million tons of carbon-2 equivalent gases in 2020. This means that banks would report around 335,000 tons of finance emissions on its scope 3 reporting for just one client. From a South African banking perspective, that's close to almost 200% of total emissions reported by banks on average in 2021. Now, with financial institutions needing to report on various other loans and investments across five other more asset classes, you can easily see why financed emission reporting is going to become a significant, complex, and intense reporting exercise. It's going to leave financial institutions with nowhere to hide and could become a major source of reputational risk if not adequately addressed by the respective risk functions of these firms. But for firms around the world, there is another major problem facing them, and that's the challenge of sourcing accurate, complete, and relevant data. Part of TCFD is scope three, where you are then required to understand all your supply chain. And that's going to be right now, that's going to be quite difficult if your supply chain is not moving fast enough. And so even the execution of, you know, of how we implement 
what is already being discussed, you know, TCFD, scope one, we could all do, that's our own companies. We could do that, but then scope two and scope three, when you're going down your supply chain, there lies the issue. That's Larry Fink, CEO of BlackRock, the world's largest asset management firm, discussing sustainable investing on Bloomberg's market and finance show. He makes the point that emissions reporting is held back by global uncertainty of climate reporting standards and the resulting lack of data from the companies in their supply chains. A recent poll of various financial institutions by the Institute of International Finance found data challenges to be the second most significant reason for not disclosing financed emissions. This was only superseded by the lack of standardized accounting frameworks that has now been addressed by the release of the Greenhouse Gas Accounting Standard and its subsequent endorsement by the TCFD. In the past, environmental and climate data had been largely ignored by financial institutions. And in many regions, the companies that they fund, insure and invest in aren't mandated to calculate and report their scope one and scope two emissions. However, this lack of primary data is slowly changing as governments enforce finance reporting and third-party service providers such as Bloomberg, CDP, and MSCI step up to fill the gap with secondary and proxy datasets. The greenhouse gas accounting standards are also complicated by the variety and granularity of data required. For example, reporting on mortgages will require building energy consumption data. Motor vehicle finance will require direct fuel combustion emissions, per car model, and financial securities such as equities and bonds will require scope one and scope two emission data of the investee or borrower. To combat this problem, the PCAF has created detailed data quality scorecards for each asset type to provide alternatives, proxies, and substitutes to determine emissions while we wait for mandatory reporting emission policy to catch up and the data to become readily available. Going back to the business loan example, if reported emissions for the company, in this case ESCOM, are unavailable or unreliable, firms can utilize their next option, which is a physical activity-based emissions approach. In this example, the banks would use an industry average emission factor linked to megawatt hours of coal burned by the company. If that data is unavailable or a credible factor doesn't exist, firms can utilize the last option, the economic activity-based emissions approach. The approach determines emissions using sector-specific financial factors, such as tons of CO2 emissions produced per dollar of revenue or per dollar of assets owned. Next to cybersecurity attacks and the risk of future pandemics, climate-related financial risk has become one of the most prominent threats. In the financial sector, it is quickly gathering momentum over the last decade, and while much of the data, technology, and standards are still being developed and matured, Firms that are set about tackling these issues early will ultimately be best placed to manage the risks and reap the opportunities. The TCFD 2021 status report found that only one quarter of banks are reporting their scope one, two, and three emissions as recommended. To meet compliance standards, financial institutions must first embark on the process of risk identification, which would allow them to understand the climate risks and opportunities on their balance sheets, the impact to their business models and operations, and identify limitations in the climate risk management functions. Financial institutions will need to do this in tandem with establishing a comprehensive understanding of the TCFD recommendations and the greenhouse gas accounting standards mentioned previously. From there, firms must take the initiative to build out their reporting capabilities through the design and development of climate data dictionaries, data models, and data marks in order to support their reporting requirements. 
This is without even considering the climate risk management capabilities that are set to be essential, including enhanced climate due diligence, ESG credit origination and monitoring processes, and climate risk stress testing, to mention a few examples. Ultimately, robust finance emission reporting will reveal the financial sector's real impact on climate change and could land firms in serious reputational and financial trouble if companies are incapable, unable, or uninterested in managing this risk. At Monocle, we are experts in finance, risk, and regulatory compliance and have extensive experience from various data and technology engagements. While climate-related financial risk comes with a host of complexities and unknowns, we understand that transitioning the financial sector to a more sustainable industry will be driven by the same data, process, and system challenges that we've assisted our clients in overcoming in the past. For our listeners that would like to learn more about what we do at Monocle, you can find our climate-related risk insights on our website, which also includes our full range of insights and Monocle podcasts. Similarly, if you'd like to contact us, you can find all our details on the website for both our European and South African practices. Visit monoclesolutions.com to subscribe for updates. From Johannesburg to London, Cape Town to Amsterdam, Monocle, we design change.